Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Chris Sims privy to your decision at number three. <laughs> yeah, I tell him everything. Um, <laughs> trust me, Chris talks about everything therefore i haven't been able to talk to him in a couple years (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah what's up that's right i am chris sims i do talk about everything uh yes i get paid to talk about everything yeah and yes it has hurt my relationship with my friend kyle shanahan definitely yeah um so if you want to know what the 49ers do the draft free agency just tune in here i'll tell you it all because that's (laughs) what he does he just tells me and then i tell everybody that just it works really good for him it really helps our friendship out that I tell the, everybody in the world what the 49ers stuff is is going to happen. He, yeah. He's like, Chris, get out of my head. Stop <laughs> being in my head and stop talking about me. Get my name out of your mouth. Um, it is tough because, I mean, NFL coaches, and, and we will get in, we'll, we'll hear more of that soundbite here in just a yeah, second because I think yeah. that is interesting. Right. Uh, but it is hard because they're so secretive, right? Yes. But he has a job to do. You have a job to do. Right. And, and it sounds like, for the most part, you know, he respects the job that you have to do. He, he does. That's, um, I, I respect Kyle for respecting that. Yeah. I do. I, I mean, you know, I think that's what he was almost referring to, where he goes, he's going to talk about everything. I mean, he, he knows. doesn't want to put you in that spot. Well, yes, sometimes. right, exactly right. He knows that my job is to talk about all that's going on in sports. He also knows me well enough to know that I, I don't hold back with opinions or anything like that. So he's not going to control me that way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, I, I, I'm like, like I've always said, you know, we stay out of like deep conversations about his own football teams. Yeah. Do I have a good feel for how he looks at football as a whole or, you know, how he views certain positions and how he, of course I do. I mean, he's my friend. We talk about football all the time. That's what we do. But it doesn't mean we talk about 49er football uh, all the time. Yes. That's where it's different. And, uh, no, it's good. It's between the West Coast, East Coast, mm-hmm. right? That hurts the friendship because, like, you know. You're, you're, you're a coast apart. We're a coast apart. And they go out there. They go, this is the best co- West Coast, best coast. And right. You go Beast Coast, East Coast. Exactly. Well, and rivalry. the times are just off. Like, you know, if, if he's one to call me when, when the day's over for work for him, yeah. it's getting ready to be bedtime for me. Yeah. And so that, that's where we miss out. And, yeah, I do respect the fact that he, he knows I'm not going to hold back or do anything like that. And he's been a good friend that way to understand that even when it comes to his own team, I'm going to give my thoughts and evaluations because he knows I work at it. Well, maybe at this point he's like, if he really is high, high, high on Mac Jones, he's like, 
stop talking him up or if we're going to have to trade up higher to get him. We might have to trade up over the Jets now. Quit doing that. Well, I have to say sorry sometimes because I'm like, I feel bad that he's got to answer questions about me just because we're friends. And now it's like, well, Chris said it, so he must have got it from you. Yeah, people think that you're automatically, you know, the mouthpiece of of Kyle. Yes. he, but I'm not. But we got lots of good stuff okay, to so talk about. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to listen to you that Kyle Shanahan You think you can figure this bite. out? You think you can handle no, that? No, I don't know. Pete, I, I, I said, like, in the last hour, we keep our whole rundown, the whole plan of the show, right. in a Google document. Yeah. Pete has, like, smoke's been coming out of his ears. He's been throwing in questions from the homies. Yep. We've got so many. We were going to do the top five edge rushers in the draft. Yes, right. We go, we got to put that on hold. Yeah. Because there's too much that's happened much in the clamoring. NFL right. that we have to go through it. So okay, we're going to go good. through uh, what you've said about Mac Jones and the 49ers. We're going to okay. go through Justin Fields, Trey Lance, some questions there. Yeah. Uh, the Jets, now what they may do right. after seeing that pro day from yeah. Wilson. Yeah, lots so of we'll stuff to hit on that. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Dolphins trade with the Eagles. There are ramifications there. Uh, the quarterback class in general, and then some draft questions in general as well. Right. That's a lot to get to. It is. And we're going to do it we are. in three hours and 14 minutes, I guarantee. <laughs> uh, but first, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, uh, Pete says we don't need to do that bite anymore for Kyle Shanahan because we've already basically heard it. Okay. So let's get right into the, the Dolphins 49ers trade that happened. So you've talked about it on your other properties, PFT. You did uh, Dan Patrick's show with it, but we're going to get to the real nitty-gritty. This is Chris Sims unbuttoned right here. Third overall pick uh, the 49ers get in the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, the Dolphins got the 12th overall pick, first-round pick in 2022, first-round pick in 2023, third-round pick in 2022. Uh, so whoever the 49ers have targeted here, they really, really like them because they're going to end up spending – three first-round picks to take them, and a third-round pick. And so, soon after this trade was made, Chris, you tweeted out uh, that you think they're looking for a guy. Here it is. Here's the tweet if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, you got a guy who controls his own fate. You trade up uh, to three for a quarterback who's NFL ready right now, not a project. And to me, that says Mac Jones. Right. Since you tweeted that, yes. has anything happened to change your mind that you think Mac Jones is the guy for Kyle Shanahan? No, no, not at all. I mean, and the fact that, you know, as we're sitting here right now, he's attending Mac Jones' pro day Mm -hmm. to watch him makes me feel even more comfortable about those tweets and thoughts that I've put out there. You know, know, again, like we just said, I don't know these things from Kyle Shanahan. I do know my friend and how he views football a little bit, though. And that's where I make these assumptions off of. You know, first thing, hey, let's just talk about the trade itself. Yeah, you know, we talked about it a few times, and I know I've talked about it with Paul. You know, once you get past 10 in this draft, you're kind of a no-man's land for the quarterback. Mm. I mean, you, you could be in danger of, like, wait, not getting the guy we want or getting a guy that, okay, is a project and maybe we don't feel like can start for us in the next year or two. Maybe that way. Maybe you get left without nobody that way. So I think that's the first school of thought. Hey, wait, there's a quarterback we like. We're sitting at 12. Oh, wait. There's some teams in front of us that need quarterbacks too. And there's some teams behind us that need quarterbacks too. What if they traded up in front of 12? So I think there's all those ifs right there that, you know, Shanahan being smart just going, well, damn, if this happens, then what happens to me? If this happens, then who's my quarterback? Or, you know, uh, if this happens, what is the future of my team altogether? So I just think there, from the, just that standpoint alone, that's where the 49ers and Shanahan were aggressive. 
he was going to take fate and destiny into his own hand and go, wait, I'm going to end up with one of these guys I like yeah. here. And, you know, what he's saying here is there's obviously three quarterbacks he's like. Maybe there's even four, you know, to say that. Okay, so that's the first thing he did. And I'm never going to have a problem with that, as you know. When you have a guy you like and it's at the quarterback position, you go get him. And you don't worry about what everybody else says or anything like that. All right, so that's the first thing I would say to the trade. Yep. The player, yeah, I think it's Mac Jones. Of course I do. You know, All right, so what about this? Right. Jameis one of one. Right. If Kyle wants Mac Jones, yeah. why trade up to three? when he likely wouldn't be drafted until eight. Why not merely trade up to six, especially as we've seen Philly was willing to trade down? Right. Well, I mean, again, see, there's a lot of likelies there, right? And that's, that's the problem. And I'm sure that's what didn't sit well with Shanahan. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, yeah, it's likely, maybe, unless somebody jumps up in front of me and does something like that. I mean... What, how are we supposed to say, what if, what if the Jags, I mean, we know the Jags, the Jets, all right, the Atlanta Falcons at four took quarterbacks, all right, so there's three quarterbacks, all right, and now let's say the Carolina Panthers take a fourth quarterback, right, and now let's just say the New England Patriots at 15 traded up uh, with the team at number nine, the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. who also could say they want a quarterback too if they wanted to. Oh, wait. Now everybody's gone, and we don't have a quarterback. So that goes back to that scenario I was just laying out, and I think that's where it is. And I, I had said this last week, even before this went down, that I had gotten the sense that there's some teams laying in the weeds on Mac Jones a little bit, that there's some teams that really like him, and it's just not known, right? And I could see... Shanahan and that, comp- and that group there, listen, if I've heard some of those rumors like that, I'm sure they have too. That's yeah. probably what scared them. So now you're back into the, well, if phase. Okay, well, what if I just trade to number three and take all the ifs away? And now I got my guy going forward. All right? And that's where I do, of course, yeah, I think it's Mac Jones. One, because of the history of Shanahan. Yes. The Kirk Cousins, the Matt Schaubs, the Matt Ryans of the world, even the Jimmy Garoppolo are the mold of a guy, right, like, like Mac Jones. Okay. Except Mac Jones is ta- more talented than all those guys coming out, maybe other than Matt Ryan, which it's close. I don't think it's a big difference between Matt Ryan coming out and what I see from Mac Jones on film. I mean, it's, that's where, it, you know, I think a little bit of the 2021, we need this athletic quarterback has hurt the stock of Mac Jones to a degree. Yeah. Where I go, yeah, I know we all like Mahomes and Josh Allen and that, but. Did like, you know much about Mac Jones before you looked at the, the tape for your evaluation just a few weeks ago? I, I mean, did. did you... I, knew, I knew enough that he caught my eye during the season and I started going, like, to my dad and people going, like, I mean, Mac Jones, like, is better than I thought. He caught my eye, if anybody remembers me last year, at the end of last season Mm. when Tua got hurt. And I went, this offense is just as good with this guy, you know? And so he caught my eye then. I'll tell you who else really, like, kind of put him on the radar for me Mm -hmm. a few years ago was my dad. My dad, I remember him watching some spring games down in Alabama going, Christopher, this Mac Jones guy, He's a, he's a machine throwing the football. He really jumps out to me and those type of things. So, you know, I went yeah. into the year, and then as, as the year went on, and I, like I always talk about college casual fan there, 
yeah, I turned on some games and went, ooh, I like the way that throw looks. That Now, did I think when I turned on the film I was going to be blown away to the point that I was? No. I, that was to me, I was like, whoa, wait, this is real. This is better than I thought it was. Well, you've said the decision-making is Joe Burrow-ish. the best you've ever seen. Like, Joe Burrow and Mac Jones are the two best quick decision-makers that you have seen. Yes. Maybe ever. Right. And since I've been in this business, like, yes, I would say it's up there with anybody that I've seen with the ability to read a defense, now dissect what I got to do, go through my reads, and make the appropriate throw and all that. All right, people He's say, the man. okay, every quarterback is going to get that after a couple years in the league. Yeah, no, they're, they're going to develop that. But they're not. But okay, cool. But that's a natural – like, you, you can get better at that, but – that's also one of those things that I think is he's naturally good at. That's going to be a strength of his career, I would think, through and through. Okay? Now, now the other stuff we talk about, right, the arm strength, all of those type of things. Now, I will say, like, the arm strength. Yeah. Watching his highlight videos, it's like he's throwing them all, you know, some of the long passes to Waddle and right. Smith. Right. 40 yards. Like, not that much effort. Like, he doesn't seem like a, a high-effort throw. He's not. That's where I think it's also misleading. I think yeah. people see it on TV, and they just go, well, it's accurate, and it's just smooth, and he's got a quick release. But, you know, there's not that Zach Wilson flair, the yeah. Mahomes or Josh Allen or Rodgers flair to it. And that's where I think it can be misleading, too, unless you've got a little bit of a trained eye to go, yeah, it, this is effortless, but this ball's spinning, yeah. and it's moving through the air. I think his arm – is being underrated for its explosive ability. Like I said, I think it's every bit as good as Joe Burrows from like last I, year. At his pro day today, I bet he throws it, you know, I'm going to. He's. I think, I think he's going to try to show his ass a little bit in the pro day, especially yeah. after what we saw with Zach Wilson. Yeah. He's got his receivers today in doing that. Last week he played it safe in that pro day. He did it really good. He was a machine. Everything was accurate, all that. Today I'd like to see him, like, throw me some sidearm. Okay. Throw me a few rifles. Do things like that. So say this. He goes yeah. out today. Yeah. He, he craps the bed. Right. Junior Chow, 13. Do you think the 49ers already know who they're going to pick? Could an upcoming pro day change anything? So say he's yeah. terrible. Right. No, yeah. I, all right. So I do think the 49ers know who they're going to pick. Do I think that's written in stone? No. I think they made this draft move to get up to number three because, they yes, they had one guy in mind. Do I think there's maybe another guy that's – close or in that range I would say probably so too but I think to our our buddy's question there it would have to take something like he's saying yeah for it to to pop out I mean especially if I think hey they're making the trade for this one guy it's going to be based on what they've watched on film and how that jumps off yeah so it would take a monumental shitting of the bed all right I think, for them to come off of that and then maybe go to a Fields or a Lance Pro Day and then go, whoa, this is better than what I thought, mm-hmm. and he killed it. And, and we still have the third pick. And we still and have, so so we let me rethink a this a little bit and do that. But he, like, here's the other thing, too. We talked about the 49ers, Shanahan's history with quarterbacks, all of those type of things. The other thing I think we got to take into aspect here is the state of the 49ers right now at this mm-hmm. second. And this is the last thing or really probably the main thing that makes me believe it's Mac Jones. One, hey, just from a base thought, you don't trade up nine spots to get a guy that's a project. You don't, to me, that's just, that's kind of an NFL no no. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to leverage three years of first round picks for a guy we think we're going to make good in two years from now. 
or he's got some things we really got to work on. But if we get those right, he's going to be great. Like that, this when you say that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And to me, that is the Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields. You know, they, there is some elite there, but there's some things that got to be worked on and better. Mac Jones is ready right now from all aspects, Ahmed. Mm-hmm. So mentally, pro offense. Mac Jones made comments yesterday at a press conference that like he they do a lot of the things the 49ers do offensively. So you know you've gotten pushback on that. Right. And one of the persons is uh, Bucky Brooks yeah. over at NFL Network. Right. right. Looks right. at looks at tape, uh, and he said, and here's the tweet: 17 career starts makes Mac Jones NFL ready. And then not one, but three question marks. And then an emoji of a guy that's doing the, huh, curious well, symbol. Yeah. So he I, piled it on at the end of that tweet. I, I, I get it. It's a, good, it's a good question. I mean, it's something certainly to be concerned with. Didn't need three question marks. Well, it didn't need that. But, okay. <laughs> yes, what makes Bucky, what makes him NFL ready is, all right, 17 games is not the worst. 17 games against elite competition added to that. 17 games of stellar performance and decision-making and production and managing a game and throwing 17 of those. I mean, it's almost every one where you go, damn, that's a good game. Damn, that's a good game. Damn, that's a good game. And then NFL ready from the standpoint of, yes, his game fits within the NFL realm. Yeah, he is ready to dissect NFL defenses. He's ready to be in a huddle. He's been taught to read plays like an NFL quarterback as far as going through progressions. So as compared to really all the other quarterbacks in those departments, he's number one. You know, him and Zach Wilson go through reads and do the most pro stuff in their offense. And then it's the other three guys are in college type offenses that way. So, yes, that's where I say he is NFL ready. And NFL ready, too, with the fact that here's the last thing, and I haven't been able to get to it. I keep cutting you off. It's okay. It's, you asked the right questions for the, for the time and how I was phrasing things. But now here's the crescendo. Well, the, the 49ers are ready right now. They're ready. You're not going to waste a team that's in the Super Bowl window on a guy, that, a quarterback, that's like, hey, we think we'll be ready when we're out of the window and we got to rebuild the team. Right? That, to me, doesn't make sense. So, I would think it's Mac Jones for all those reasons. I think it's Mac Jones because that fits what Shanahan likes at quarterback. I would think it's Mac Jones because if you watch the film, it's top five, top ten quarterback performance, ability, all of those type of things. And I think when you add that together, and obviously there's been a wanting of a new quarterback there, there's many teams and, I mean, players they've been associated with trade, yes, I would just think that it is Mac Jones at three, and I think eventually we'll see Jimmy Garoppolo traded draft weekend or before the draft weekend at some point. I want to talk we'll about see. that, yeah. um, but I think you're right, because quarterback, obviously, in all of sports – the most important position. I mean, it can make or break your football team, as it's done with the 49ers right. the past couple couple years right. here with an injury. Um, so if you are a team that thinks that you, that is the guy, you don't want to let it play out. And we'll just see if we get him, and if we don't get him, then we're screwed because the quarterback is so impactful to our team. If we think he's the guy that can lead us to the playoffs in the Super Bowl, we're going to give up as much as we need to give up because you need that guy. Exactly. Um, Ahmed, I just, let me cut you off there. Yes. If I'm in Shanahan's shoes, right, 
I'm going, wait, what was my best year as an offensive coordinator? Oh, that's right, when I had Matt Ryan. Right. Wait, I got everything in my offense kind of Atlanta-y already. Good O-line, good receivers, you know, some explosive running backs. Whoa, what am I missing? Oh, that's right, I'm missing Matt Ryan. Oh, that's right. Wait, I like quarterbacks like Matt Ryan. Wait, there's one sitting here in the draft that I think's a top five, top ten pick, and he plays just like Matt Ryan. I think Shanahan's looking at that going, wait, you give me, you know, he was the offensive coordinator there in Atlanta for two years. You give me more than two cracks at it with this guy or a Matt Ryan-type quarterback, yeah. I think he looks at it going, no, I'm going to win a Super Bowl with that kind of quarterback if I just get you know, a few more swings at it that way. And then let's not forget, they were up 28-3 to with that guy at quarterback in the Super Bowl. So here, here's where I'll push back yeah, on, cool. on you push. and Mike with uh, now what you do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, right. right? And, right. and you both think that they trade him or at least look, look for a trade. And they probably will do that. Yeah. Look for a trade out there. From where I'm sitting, yeah. it seems like what has derailed your season two of the last three years? Uh-huh. A, a, an injury to the quarterback, right. right? So even if you think, okay, Mac Jones is the guy. He's going to come in here. He's going to win the job. Yeah. Uh, you've already fit the $25 million into the salary cap. Yep, right. Worst case scenario, you go with Mac Jones. Jimmy Garoppolo's on the bench. You go, sorry, $25 million on the bench. Is that a good consolation prize? Worst case scenario, an injury happens to Mac Jones. Yes. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo because we've seen it. Right. And I, I, think, I think it's a no-brainer. I think you keep Jimmy Gar- – unless the return is so great yeah. that it's going to help your team elsewhere. Sure. Which I don't know that it would be, right? For I mean, for 25 – they're talking about Sam Darnold getting, what, a third-round pick? Yeah, like no, you, I know. How much are you I really going to get for You're, Jimmy Garoppolo? It yeah. seems like the benefit of Garoppolo is him as a backup in 2021. Am I wrong? Well, I, I, listen, you make a lot of good points, all right? You do. You know, one, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is, necess- Jimmy Garoppolo is necessarily your, your favorite backup in the world, too, just because he gets injured. So then you're like, well, fuck, I, I got, might have right. to keep a third stringer, too. But if you get your but, starter injured and your backup injured, you're, you're screwed no luck. matter You're what. right. Either way. I, I understand that. I think where I would push back, because a lot of your thoughts are correct, yeah. and I'm sure that Shanahan and Lynch are thinking about that, going, yeah, okay, but we do have a good team, and it's an insurance policy and all of that. But, you know, I'd always, I always go back to the framing of your team conversation. This is a guy in Jimmy G that's got a little, you know, he's got, you know, some stakes in the locker room. He's, he's, the guys like him. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, there's – a, a culture that has been formed around there, and he's been a big part of it. And, of course, they went to the Super Bowl and all that. To me, you do endanger dividing the locker room a little bit that way, okay, uh, when you have that kind of presence. Sure. You know, as much as the guys are going to try to buy into Mac Jones, they'll still be like guys that are going to be like, man, I like Jimmy. He's been our guy. I'm going to, you know, man, he got me the ball. Or mm-hmm. I just like the way he acts. He's cool when we have a beer whatever. You know, so there, there, that can be an issue for the football team. Yeah. I think that's one thing to look at. You know, the $25 million, again, it, it, it's, they've made it through right now. But if you get rid of that, that could also, hey, we need a Jadeveon Clowney. Yeah. Okay, now we can get him. Or I'm just saying that. There's other, uh, yeah. other later free agents to build your team and build a little depth. Or a trade where you can or fit a, a big tra- salary into Exactly. Sure. Or a trade could Possible. do it too, right? So that's another yeah. thing too. And then, you know, I, I guess the other thing is Jimmy G is a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. You hate to ever just let one of them go without getting anything in return. Right. 
And that's where, you know, I, like I said, I'm not trying to argue against your points, but, you know, we're sitting here right now at a point where there's a few teams that could use a quarterback. Yeah. And I think that are in the market. And this might be the time where you can get best them to get the best deal because you get one of the two of them going against each other. And now, oh, sure. wait, we're only going to get this, but now we're going to get something else better because they're going against each other. You know, I don't know. That's the way I look at it. I've always been big into framing the team. Yeah. You know, in, in that way. And, and I get that. And, yeah. And uh, it doesn't always matter. Yeah. And a really good quarterback like Mac Jones, he should be able to overcome a guy like that in the locker room. But I still think coaches don't love it, and they want the whole team to buy into the guy. Yeah, and go if I, yeah, that. if I'm a if I'm a John Lynch, I, you're right. That's a concern. Um, yeah. You're hoping that Kyle could handle that, and Kyle. I mean, like that's the benefit of having well, Kyle, right? right? Is that the players really do respect Kyle, and yes, they think they he's do. giving him a fair shake. Yeah. And so if it's you know Mac Jones goes out there and does compete, and it's close, but he does win the job, I, I think people are going to give Kyle the benefit of the doubt there. I think so too. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, if I'm John, I'm like I yeah. I need. I don't want a situation where Mac Jones gets hurt and we're back to Nick Mullins again. Because you're right. We have a Super Bowl-ready team. Right. We're exposed at quarterback if we, if we have an injury no. there. But, they, they, but they, who knows? Even with Mac Jones, they got to find a quality backup. Yes. That, that's real. So even if they go that Mac Jones route, they got to find that. And here's the last thing, and then we can move on from okay. the subject. Let's say the scenario plays out that you're talking about. Mac Jones beats out Jimmy Garoppolo just barely, right? Yep. A week before training, or the week before the first game, somebody falls on his leg in practice, high ankle sprain. He's going to miss four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G plays. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh crap! The 49ers are six and one. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones is ready to come back. Oh, well, we're six and one. Oh, oh, now we're nine and two. Oh, yeah. now we're now we're twelve and two. Well, now we're twelve, you know, thirteen and three, and we, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo was our starting quarterback. That's yeah. where I always get back to, too. When you have that kind of team, too, yeah, you know, and we're in this era of it's quarterback, 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 quarterback. Everybody will start going, look, Jimmy G's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, they're twelve and four, they're thirteen and three, and I, I would worry about that if I'm okay. Up so in that you're coach. you're talking to a Detroit Lions fan. And trying to convince him <laughs> that if your team is 13-3 and three with a quarterback that you don't think is the future, that that's a bad thing. You're yeah. not going to convince me <laughs> of that as a lifelong Yeah, you're a little scarred. Yeah, 13-3 is the worst-case scenario with a little bit of weirdness at the quarterback situation. I would take that, um, <laughs> but, but point well taken. Uh, all right, let's move on yeah. to, uh, to – let's get, dig a little deeper on Justin Fields okay. and Trey Lance okay. because I think – the consensus out there when the when the 49ers made that move right. was that, oh they're going to get they're going to get Fields right and if they don't get Fields well they're going to get Trey Lance um, because they got all those tools and it's the way the league is going so here is one um, Vish uh, Kumaran who said uh, why don't you like Justin Fields to the 49ers as much as Mac Jones or Trey Lance do you think there's anything to the fact that he has a prior connection? With Shanahan through the quarterback collective, which that picture came out, I think that was a while ago. Though, yeah, right. right. That was when some Fields camp was in, or whatever. I think that was when Fields was in high school. I think so too. Yes. Um, uh, with John Beck being his quarterback coach, this feels a little meant to be. Okay, so a little deeper on on Justin Fields because there have been comments that Shanahan made during the season. I think in reference to Josh Allen, it's like wow, and things that you've said too. Sure. When the play breaks down, sure. 
nice to have a guy yeah. that's got something other than just right. the pocket pass or Tom Brady type thing. Right. He can make plays happen outside of the pocket. And a lot of people think that's Justin Fields or maybe that's Trey Lance right. too. Right. There, it's good thoughts. Let me just say this right off the bat because I've heard this a little bit. Like, First off, the Josh Allen film had way less questions. You know, as far as an evaluator goes, it did. Now, I know there were some dicey throws and decisions, but they were literally, again, if you went back to Josh Allen the year before he came out when the team was a little bit better, the film was a lot cleaner. That last year he was in college, the team stunk. But there was still a lot of good reads of plays and good things like that and going through progressions. Now, sometimes it was I got to the fourth progression, and, yeah, that guy's covered like a blanket too, just like the first three were. And now he throws a ball into a tight window in the double. X. Yeah, there was some of that, certainly. But there was less raw questions about Josh Allen. Mm. as com- Wyoming was literally like, we're not very good. Please save us. That's what they did with Josh Allen. And that led to some bad habits because they were like, well, we can't win unless you do seven cartwheels and flip away from that guy and throw a 50-yard laser. We can't win. So you're allowed to do whatever you want. You know, all right, so that led to the rawness. But there wasn't a rawness to his mechanics and the way he saw the field and the ability to throw different balls and everything like that. With Justin Fields, I see rawness in all of those areas with the way he reads the field, with the mechanics, sometimes with just looking at one guy and then going, wait, what about two and three? Why did we just not even look and start running? Or, or why did yeah. we panic and just wait on number one? Things like that. Pro and then football let alone, focus saw yeah. him. And when he got blitzed, right. they, they did the analysis that it actually took him a longer amount of time to make his decision and get the ball the, out. That goes into it, too. A ton of, a ton of free decision. blitzers where I write in my notes. I, nobody I wrote more notes with on Justin Fields where I went, I don't think he has any idea that he was hot here. Now, he got out of it because he's a freak of nature athletically and can do things like that to where, yeah, the blitz got there, but they didn't get him, and he still made a play. You know, but it's different to where I can watch Kellen Mond or Mac Jones or Zach Wilson, and they have free blitzers, right? But they know they're free, and they know, like, oh, I got to get the ball out here real quick or do that. So that's the things, like, to, to the point I'm saying, where there is some rawness to Justin Fields there. Mm-hmm. He has some elite traits to our, to our buddy's question here. There's no doubt. The arm is just through the roof powerful. The running is special. I mean, he, he might run a 4-3-9, a 4-4-1. It's really damn good. But like I said, at the end of the day, there's, just, there's too many big questions I have as a pure thrower, a decision maker, and consistency in that department and all of those things I just said there to where that scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the name of the game still, as much as we like movement and all of those type of things, it's still throwing the football and making the right throws. Yeah, we want a guy that can get out of the pocket and buy a little more time to throw a football and do all that. Right. But, you know, right now, like I've said earlier, with Justin Fields, yeah, he's got all those great physical abilities, and there's some things to like about the throwing, but the things 
he needs to fix are not where I just go, oh, they're slam dunk. He'll definitely fix them. I see guys do this all the time. Sure. They're the ones where I go, I don't know. This is, this, these are tough ones. I'd like to see if he can apply this and get better at this yeah. and do all those type of things. And that's where I question it a little bit. Maybe it's a chance, though, to rethink the position even a little bit more. Right. Badman Bates Buck yes. says RG3 was killing it before his injuries. Doesn't that show you what Shanahan can do with a dual threat? That yeah. run game alone would explode with any of the other quarterbacks. Isn't, isn't that really the main goal of his offense? Well, it, it, it is, and you're right. I mean, yes. Would he be able to do special things with a Lance or a Fields, a quarterback, and running the ball and doing all that? Yes, definitely. But I still think at some point in time, and even back to the RJ3 days, you know, there was team, they were starting to get a feel for how they were using him to run the ball. Mm-hmm. It was going to get to the point where, no, you're going to have to start beating us in the pocket to throw the football and doing some of that. You know, there's just – there's only so much you can do. Wait, there's this guy in the NFL who's a really awesome running quarterback, as good as we've ever seen. What's his name? Oh, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you see, as good as it can be running the ball, at some point during the year, it always comes back to what question? Well, can he beat you in the pocket? Can he bring you back in the fourth quarter? Right? There's going to be a few teams, no matter how good you are at running the ball – and being creative that are going to be able to match up and stop that. And now it's going to be, okay, wait, now I got to do this in the pocket and be this type of quarterback? And that, to me, is where I got the questions about Lance and Fields. Yeah. Not to saying they can't do it. They've had the great, you know, ability to run, which I think you've heard my dad talk about this before, too. It's something we talk – that ability to run does hinder their ability to grow as a passer. Sure. Because it's always like, well, the first guy's not open. My legs always get me out of trouble. So I'll just get out of trouble. You haven't had as much. You haven't been forced to go, you can't do this. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do this today. Yep. And that takes an adjustment period. So there's a really good question. And I'm not, but I'm just, I'm just saying that I think in the NFL world and Shanahan's world, the top five offenses he had was Schaub, and that's Schaub. I mean, Matt Schaub's not as talented as Mac Jones. And, you know, I think he looks at what McVay did with Kirk Cousins and that type of stuff, and he goes, wait, Mac Jones, that offense, he's better than Kirk Cousins. He's definitely more talented than him coming out, uh-huh. you know. And then I think, again, it goes back to the Matt Ryan thing, and he thinks about what he did there, and he goes, yeah, yeah, it's cool what I did with RG3 and all that. But, damn, we were pretty much unstoppable with Matt Ryan and that offense. And I just think that's where it'll, it'll end up being. So I want to go to the Jets because we had a few questions on New York and what they might do with the number two pick. But just expanding on your point now, the Falcons are in the fourth spot here. I know, right. right? And right. so this one comes from a wrecked aisle. Are the Falcons now in a bad position to trade down with a fourth pick now, potentially being the fourth quarterback off the board? Will the Broncos and Panthers take that risk and so it is kind of interesting because there's this huge blowback right when you're saying uh, Zach Jones could be the number three quarterback it's like oh it'd be it'd be fields well if you if a lot of people think that then boy everyone should be trading up to four with the Falcons right to get this guy who everyone thought was a no-brainer 
to be a number three pick or maybe even a number two pick. What do you think about the Falcons spot there at four now? It's, I mean, anybody you talk to, everybody thinks Atlanta's hot on Trey Lance. That's, that's all I hear. Hmm. You know, when there's that much smoke, I always think, okay, there's fire. Like, this is not just one guy throwing out a rumor or one guy that, you know, is probably being played by the agent and just, like, letting out propaganda yeah. or being lied to or anything. There's too many people kind of in the know that think there's a real love affair there with, with Trey Lance. I think that's too high for number four. You've already heard my reasons. Yep. I, a lot I like about Trey Lance. I don't want that to be, you know, taken away from my evaluation. There really is some, some things to love about him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the team I look at more than anything here with this current scenario are the Carolina Panthers. You know, they're, you know, like, like Shanahan and the 49ers have given every signal in the world that they want another quarterback this year. They're done with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, they're, do- they're done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they want a guy that can make more plays, more throws, bigger arm, take advantage of, you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and their speed and everything they got that go that way. So they're the team I look at more than any other out there to go, would they make the move up now to get one of those two guys that they really like? And – Again, I, I, like I said, I question that fit too. You know, again, Fields has not shown me he's Drew Brees or, or uh, Joe Burrow-ish in the way he can read and do a West Coast offense that right. way in which Carolina's doing. So that's where I question it. I do. And that's where I get into the Carolina thing too and watch out for them off of our, our buddy's uh, question here is just with, you know, Sam Darnold. I think he'll be on the blocks here at some point because the Jets are going to go Zach Wilson. And, of course, you know, Jimmy G. Those, those two guys, to me, fit Carolina's offense more than Fields or Lance. If they go Fields or Lance, I think you're going to have to change your offense for a little bit. I do. And I don't know necessarily the way it's set up to say those two guys could take advantage of the DJ Moore – and Robbie Anderson, all of their capabilities, at least in their first two years of their career, as they learn to be better polished passers and all those things that I talked right. about. I don't know if I answered the question there, but... Yeah, no, I think so. So okay. you think that, I mean, there's a real possibility here that quarterbacks go one through four. It's, it just, it seems like that. Seems like it, doesn't Again, it? Again, you know me, I, like I've stated, I, I would not take Trey Lance in the top five. I would not. Uh, but it does. But if seem enough that teams way. are high enough on Lance or Fields, it's going to happen. Which means the Bengals at number five could get the first non-quarterback, non-quarterback right? Which could be Jamar Chase could reunited with Joe, Joe Burrow. Exactly. Once could again. be received. Could be Chase, Devontae Smith. Although they have a good wide receiving core. At, it is in pretty Cincinnati. good. Maybe they go up. Maybe they get one of the top tackles in the draft. You know. Yeah. So they got they got some uh, options nonetheless. No doubt about it. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So Kyle Jaspers wants to know, yeah. sticking with the Jets here, right. uh, he goes, thanks for answering my Kellen Mond question a couple pods back. Yep. So he's getting a double question here. Yep, lucky uh, guy. You ask good ones, you're going to get on again. Uh, I wanted to know what you think the Jets will do with Sam Darnold. I yeah. see a lot of uh, analysts saying they think the Jets should keep him uh, and he can make all the throws that Zach Wilson can. We're going to get to Wilson's pro day here next. Um, but Lewis Riddick did tweet out a picture or video during a game of Sam Darnold rolling left, throwing back across his body right to a deep cross. It yeah. was complete, similar to the pro day throw that, that Zach Wilson right, threw. Right. Um, so if you're the Jets, first of all, Sam Darnold, what are you, what are you doing here? Well, listen, if they decided to keep Sam Darnold, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, that's the worst decision. They're doomed. I, I, I mean, listen, before I dove into all this draft stuff, I talked about, you know, I think the Jets can still win with Sam Darnold. I do. And you can use those picks to do other things and help your football team. There's no doubt about it. But after evaluating Zach Wilson and watching the pro day and doing all that, I mean, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. I'm, I'm going Zach Wilson. He can do things for that offense and do things that Sam Darnold can't do. Mm -hmm. I, just simply. You know, listen, I, I know – you know, and, and so, yes, and I go back to my other point. Zach Wilson in that offense is the perfect fit. It's like we're seeing Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay, except he's faster and quicker than Aaron Rodgers is at this point of his career at 36 years old. So he's going to bring more of a movement element to the offense and being able to do that, you know, and getting outside the pocket and making more throws that way. I mean, from what I know with Zach Wilson, you know, just from a few people too here just recently told me, like, he was going to blow it out in the, I mean, in the workout. You know, I, I've been told that he, he can do, like, windmill dunks. Like, he was going to have an unbelievable vertical. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's like a 500-pound squatter. He's one of those type of guys. And that he would have run a pretty impressive 40 time, which, I, I mean, to me on film, he looks like he'd be a low 4-6 guy, let alone his arm is special. I know there's the clip that Lewis Riddick put out there of the one throw that Sam Darnold made. Yes, it was a good throw. It wasn't exactly the same. And there's also a difference in, you know, being forced to do it and reacting in a football game as compared to, wait, I'm going to go out here and do something crazy with nobody around me and just show everybody I can do it. Like, there, there's actually more pressure in that situation than there is the reaction of the game situation right okay and so what I'm saying with is shop Sam Darnold because I think Zach Wilson like you've heard me say from the start is Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes ish I think that's what he is I think you have a superstar at your hands with Sam Darnold I think you have a real good quarterback and you can win with him but not a superstar not like this kid and that's where I would go if I'm the Jets and I'd be shocked 
yeah. after that workout. I mean, you heard the reaction of people there. Yeah. You heard the chatter. I know there's like, like these five or six people around the NFL world who don't want to accept it for what it was for some reason, and that's where I would go. You, you need to evaluate yourself then because you're being a hater. You know, like 70 NFL people weren't wrong, and you were like the three there that were like, well, that wasn't really that special. I'll show you why. I found a clip of week three of Sam Darnold. Look at that. It's not that special. If it wasn't that special, I just would go, why, does not, why didn't Sam Darnold do this at his pro day? Why did he not do it? Why doesn't everybody do it? Oh, that's right, because you can't do it like the, to the level and the effect of what Zach Wilson did. he didn't Wilson want to did. go that high. He was hoping the Jets wouldn't take him, but he ended up taking well, him. Yeah, taking well, you know, again, it goes into, like, I understand it's a pro day, and people want to hate on that. And yeah. It's in shorts and all that. Yeah. But then, okay, then, then no longer are you allowed to wax poetically about the DB who runs 4-2-9 and was awesome in drills and had a – I don't want to hear it. It's, okay, so you're getting, into, you're getting into the Zach Wilson pro day yeah. here. Uh, so. So, so let's do that. Um, was there anything more I was supposed to answer about the Jets thing? I, I was just curious oh, on, on right. where Sam Darnold would go, would be in your draft rankings if he was in this draft class. Say you just put Sam Darnold into this draft class. Right. Would I, he be – he'd be after – um, Zach Wilson, he'd be after Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, definitely. He? And yeah. he'd be after Mac Jones. Right. And would he be fourth? Yeah, I'd probably put him fourth, and it'd be tight between him and Kellen Mond for me. Hmm. I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm higher than most on Kellen Mond, definitely. But here's the other you thing. You might be higher than even Kellen Mond on Kellen Mond. <laughs> Maybe, I might be, I might be. <laughs> but here's the other thing with yeah. him. With Sam Darnold, the two teams that jump out to me, are the Carolina Panthers, like I said, yep. and then the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking the Denver Broncos, Vic Fangio, third year, big year for his coaching career, all that, that he's just going to go, oh, Drew, we trust you. Go ahead, Drew Locke. Yeah. My career is, is it's all on you. Yeah. Uh, that's where I don't – I think at the very least – whether they got a Deshaun Watson and just made him the starter, even if they keep Drew Locke there, I got to think they're going to bring somebody in to compete or be a fail-safe of like, wait, we like Drew's talent, but here we are week three, he's thrown seven interceptions and done some dumb shit. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't go on like this. I got to have somebody else I can go to that can win football games. And they're probably a little frustrated because they did give him the weapons, right? Their first two picks last year were Jerry yeah. Judy and K.J. Hamler. Right. And uh, still didn't have uh, – it's not – and it's always not on the court. No, no. On the quarterback, no, right? No, but, but there's questions about there's the player. Questions, there's questions. Sure. There's for sure. There's talent, but there's questions. So let's get into the pro day here. Yeah. I'll show the, the Trey Wingo tweet in a second, but I want to show the, the video of it first for our YouTube audience. And the question from SportLover2010 says, exactly what aspects from Zach Wilson's pro day can translate to the league? What are coaches, GMs looking at? during this session. So here's the video if you're watching on YouTube. So what exactly, I mean, people say, oh, he's not wearing shoulder pads. It's just, I mean, that, there's that throw that you were mentioning yeah. fading away. So right. what are coaches and GMs appreciating from this pro? Well, I think just one, just the clips you're seeing here more than anything, you're seeing a twitchy athlete one where you just go, man, he can move around the pocket really nice and easy. And then you see an arm that's explosive. You know, I'll go back to a little bit just like, again, give, give like Daniel Jeremiah and Steve Weish Steve Weish was there. I think Daniel Jer- – but, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah has seen a million quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, 
You heard him gushing about it. Steve Weish is at all these pro days. And not to say he's Johnny quarterback guru, but he's been to a lot of them. And he was sitting there going, wait, this looks different. These, he was trying to explain in the microphone, the ball explodes out of this kid's hand, right? So that's what I saw, and I think that's what a lot of people there are going to see too. It's not the, yeah, okay, yeah, he could throw a 20-yard out route. So can Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones and do all that. No, but there was a difference between the, tre- the, Zach, the Zach Wilson 20-yard out route. Mm. It was the quickness and explosiveness of the release itself and then the ball spinning extremely hard and then the ball not just like hitting the target but like going at a, at a, 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 a chest-high level the whole throw and driving through the target to where it's like if you put a paper up or a piece of wood, it would have gone right through it too. So that's the first thing you're going to look at. Then, what are they looking at with all these special throws and everything? Hey, when you're a top pick in the NFL draft, first off, you're not going to be on a real good team. So you're going to have to make some plays off schedule, outside the pocket, do those type of things. And all coaches, what they want to see more than anything is, because when you get to this level, and we talk about this all the time, hey, they expect you to be able to take advantage of what's there to be had. Oh, wait, there's a 12-yard curl route? Yeah, you're in the NFL. You should hit the 12-yard curl route wide open. Yeah. Okay, now nothing's open. What are you going to do? Or there are, there's somebody open on that side of the field, but you got people in your face. Well, we'd like you to still hit the open guy. Oh, oh, wait, you can fade away and no feet on the ground and still throw it perfect? <laughs> okay, I like that. Okay, so then I'm, I'm never wrong as a play caller. Even though the protection stunk and I didn't call that great of a play, you, you made the throw anyways and I look like a genius, yeah. right? That's what the people like. So now you're seeing what he can do in scenarios that, you know, are going to be a lot of times in the special moments of the football game, unless you just have a completely dominant football team. Yeah. You know, end of the fourth quarter, end of the half. We're down by 14. They know we're going to throw at every play. So I got to – I can't just sit in the pocket. I'm going to be able to, you know, get out when you guys do blitz or my offensive line's a little tired and we're letting up some pressure – don't worry, I'll be able to make up for those type of things. That's what he's showing right there. And again, where I'll go back to it, Ahmed, is it's, it's sometimes it's a lot harder and takes more guts to do what he did right there than it does in a game. In a game, you're not going to think about it. I've seen the Daniel Jones clip out there and the Sam Darnold clip out there where people go, look, they did this. It wasn't to the same effect. It wasn't with the same power in the arm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't totally just fading away backwards, okay, and throwing it that way, all right? So it wasn't the same as much as it was similar. It was not the same. And there's a reason those guys don't do it during their workouts. And this is why. Because, oh, wait, okay, coach, you want me to throw this one fading away uh, down the middle. Okay, this one fading away to the right corner. Now you want me to run as hard as I can to the right and throw across my body to the 20-yard in cut, right? If things fell apart, most quarterbacks go, oh, shit, I've missed the last four. Wait, coach, maybe we should abandon some of these, these throws here. Let's just, let me just go back to five steps, hitch and throw, and do that. Yeah. You know, Let's say I have an injury, too. Well, getting- so the degree of difficulty is really up there, yeah. right? And there's the endanger or the danger of – it falling apart 
But with a great one like this or a Mahomes or anything like that, they know this kid's such a natural. It, it falling apart means he misses one throw. Not There's no way he'll miss four or five. Okay. And to me, yeah. that's what it's showing more than anything. And uh, that's where, again, I know it was just a workout. We have not seen anybody do a workout like that over so, the last few years. So people disagree with you on yeah. that. And you mentioned Artie Darnold and, and Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones right. uh, Trey Wingo had this tweet, and he threw some more names in there. Kyle Bowler, Jamarcus Russell, Johnny Manziel all did great in that real pressure of performing for their potential bosses. Wait, wait, but say, Trey, I like you, Trey. Like you're, that's, it's just the, the, the context matters, Trey. I can't let you just off the hook with just blabber. I just bl- none of their workouts were like that. None of them. That's the first thing I have to say. None of them were throwing fadeaway 67-yard bombs. None of them were throwing no feet on the ground, other side of the field, I'm on the opposite hash, 40-yard corner routes. None of them were throwing no-look 20-yard lasers over the middle. None of them were throwing like, I'm going to have my feet in a weird position and now throw a 20-yard out route as fast as anybody in football. That's negative. Yes, those guys did a few impressive things. Johnny Manziel's workout, what? what? He wore shoulder pads and a helmet. That's where the impressive part stopped, right there. And he called everybody up to tell the teams how the workout was going to go. I mean, so stop. That's the end of that. Jamarcus Russell, nobody was waxing poetically about his pro day other than, whoa, he could throw the ball 80 yards. That's where it ended. Nobody else went, whoa, what a workout. Did you see the awkward platforms or none of that? And then Kyle Bowler is the same thing. Yes, he threw the ball from the 50-yard line on his knees through the goalpost. That is not 70 throws of unbelievable movement, explosiveness, awkward throws, and throws that guys haven't done in their pro day workouts, and he did it consistently through the workout. So, like, Trey, who I know is, knows his football and all that, I'm just, if he was here with me right there, I would have said the same thing. I'm just trying to say that. That, 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 it's not the same. That's not fair to Zach Wilson to compare just basically one-trick shot guys to a guy who just came out and was like, no, I just Steph Curried it and was shooting 40-foot bombs and 40-foot, like, shoot it and turn around and look before the ball. Like, that's what he was doing on <laughs> yeah. the c- consistent, let alone it going swish, 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 swish. Yeah. Those other guys just went to half court one time and went, look. I could, I could shoot a half quarter, and it went in. And they, oh, well, okay, great. This guy is, like, going through the back, through the legs, you know, shooting at 70 feet in the air, swish. Oh, line drive, swish. I mean, it was, so that's, to me, the difference, so if that makes you sense. You had to fend off a lot of people on Twitter. You had to fend off Trey on yeah. Twitter. You had to fend off Antonio Cromartie I know. on the same topic I know. on Twitter, too. I like Antonio Cromartie a lot. You know, he got into the same thing, too. You know, pro day, it's, pro day, you know, it's no just a shorts. day of workouts and shorts and all that. Okay. He's not Johnny Manziel putting a helmet on, which is impressive. <laughs> yeah, you like that. I did that. I did huh? like you that. Because like I was like, I could do that. Yeah, I, I could go show up in right. shoulder pads and a helmet and feel like I'm a – This Fareed is impressive. <laughs> I've never seen a workout like this. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> he knows how to buckle his yeah, shoulder that's pads. that's pretty good. Oh, Cromartie, you know, I understand what he was saying. Again, you know, he first just wanted to go, what was so special about the workout? You know, he, he said something like it was, looked like Trevor Lawrence's to me. And I'm going to go, I don't, Trevor Lawrence didn't make one awkward off-platform throw. His workout was really good. Don't, don't get me wrong. 
But like that, that's not even fair to compare that to Zach Wilson. You're doing Zach Wilson injustice for me in that category. And then, then, then he kind of just went, well, it's only in shorts and blah, blah, blah. And I went, okay, yeah, it's only in shorts. I get that. But when it's in shorts and then what you see on film is also happening, you get excited because you go, whoa, this guy can do these crazy things just like all the time. Like and it's just correct, Yeah, it's and walking. correct me if I'm wrong, too. Yeah. When we see the combine and we're raving about a speed of a wide receiver or defensive back, a three-cone drill, I think they're wearing shorts. Well, that thank you. The that was That's the next thing. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. And then he, he made a comment about, well, you know, there's more than arm strength or something like that. Yeah. And I understand that. Yes. But arm strength, first off, is a pretty good precursor for some of the great quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had this discussion, whether it's Mahomes, Rodgers, Dan Marino, Elway, Bradshaw. I mean, you could just go through the test of time and go – most of the really great quarterbacks in the history of our sport had elite arms. So, and I know there's a few outliers here and there, but for the most part, like, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen and Rodgers are who they are right now because of their arms, plain and simple. So, yes, I'm into that. And I made the point to him, like, I'm into DBs who run fast, right? (laughs) So, and, and that's to your point. Like, yeah. okay, so if we're not going to gush about the workout and just take it for what it is, then no more gushing about, whoa, this receiver ran 4-2-9 or this DB ran 4-2-9 and ran a 6-7-1 and three cone and had a 3-9-9. In the, well, just in shorts, it doesn't really matter. Like, no, it, that has value to we the should, game. Until we're seeing offensive linemen put up 225 in full helmet, and shoulder pads on the bench. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Well, exactly. So that you, we all pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. And how, like, a big defensive tackle, you know, moves through the pads during a workout and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not going, well, he's the first pick of the draft because the way he moved through the pads. Look at that guy. You're combining I'm it combining with what you've it, seen. But on. it is a part of it. Yes. There's no doubt. Do you think you, – and you, you mentioned that when you went out there, and you are honestly probably the first – major analyst to go, I have Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You said some NFL teams came back to you and were like, yeah, we see it. Yeah. That's uh, kind of how we have it too. Right. Do you think after that pro day for Zach Wilson, more teams bumped him up? Do you think that was enough? Or do you think they had already seen it? I think the there film? was probably that was enough. I think the teams that like liked him or just went away and went, man, it's, it's everything we thought. It, conf- it was all, more of a confirmation right, than – right. Reshuffling the guys. ones who have Trevor one and Zach two or something like that. I think they come away just going, you know, I, I still take Trevor because of everything he's done and his size and all that. Right. But whoa, that was that was pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, and here's you know? what's real crazy to me is like yeah. for for whatever reason, it's like maybe just because we talk about it all year with where guys rank and Trevor Lawrence is going to be the future number one. Right. But it's almost like a lot of people consider where the consensus draft position is. It's like that's almost like more set in stone. Like you're going into this year with Josh Allen, and you could have him ranked as the number two quarterback in the NFL, number five quarterback in the NFL. Right. There'd be some debate there, right? right? But it's like here you move Mac Jones from five to three, and people are like, oh, my God, how could you do that? It's almost like we have – it's like there's less flexibility on moving these college players around the board than we do with NFL players from year I, to year. I, I, kind of I, well, you're right, because it's just everything's been force-fed to us in that, in that department. You know, all you've been told 
is Fields and Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. for the last two years. Really, since both of them came out of high school. Yeah. It was they're the number one guys. This is it. And then they got on a team, and you just go, well, wait, the team wins, and they're there. Oh, so it's them. Confirms right? what we thought It confirms what we said. Yeah. It confirms the perception out there, all of those type of things. So, yeah, it seems like people are more, like, butthurt and, like, personally <laughs> assault, like insulted yeah. that. For a guy that a lot of people thought was a top ten quarterback, right? It's I, like if you're a top ten quarterback, if you're one of the best three, it's like I'm sure there are some people that think you're the number one because, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. the, the big boards for every NFL team, like how different do you think they look? Are you go into one team's, you know, because they're keeping them all under right, wraps. Right. The thing with all these consensus top boards, yeah. we're seeing them all, so they kind of all start to meld and they start yeah. to get, you know, because right. it's a little bit of a group think exercise. Right, right. For these teams, they're keeping their evaluations hidden, and the value comes – from thinking differently on a player than everyone else. That's how, you, that's how you hit in the draft. Well, agreed. And, and, you know, being able to wait, okay, all right, hey, here's, here's four defense ends that are real good, you know, and what's the difference in value between all four? Oh, wait, it's great. The first one's way better than the fourth. Okay, let's pick him when it's time to pick our defense end. Yeah. Oh, wait, the fourth is just a smidgen behind the number one guy and we got them all close together? Or maybe we can trade down and doing that. Yes, knowing the value of the draft overall and knowing what you like personally as a evaluator, a coach that's going to fit your team. You know, those, those all uh, play into this. And to the fact of what you're saying, too, is, you know, let's just say the top 40 teams in fo- the top, the, all the teams in football, they have, let's just say there's, 40 guys on their big board, like you're, you're trying to talk about here. Yep. You know, of those 40 guys, I mean, most of the teams are going to have a very similar 40, you know, and most of them have a very similar 10, top 10 probably. But after that, that's where you get into, oh, this guy, this team's got them 15, this guy's got, this team's got them 27. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the beauty of the draft. There's going to be some differences there within that range as far as who you like, what you need for your team, how you view that guy to fit in your system and all of those type of things. And that's what's going to be interesting. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, well, that's, to me, one of my pet peeves, too, with, like, the quarter. Like, there's so many rules with the quarterbacks right now. Like, oh, this is what we're told. We're supposed to tank for Tua. That's, oh. that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And it's and Trevor's the guy. That's we've been told. Yeah, that. some people were doing the Trevor Lawrence. It's top, over. Top pick power rankings right. all year. That's know, right. Some podcast like, was Deshaun Watson's the next Michael Jordan. That's it. Yeah. You can't tell me Mahomes is as good as him or better. Yeah. You can't. Oh wait, he is. This is just in a few years later. Watson's awesome. This guy's better. Sorry. Yeah. So we're we're so into that, and. Uh, you know, it, where it drives me crazy, too, with the quarterback thing, because sometimes I'll, you know, I'll try to say that. Like, sometimes people can see it in college and sometimes where you just go, no, 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 wait. You know, if we put this quarterback on this team, right, if we put Justin Herbert on Clemson yeah. the last few years, they would have been just as good, yeah. everybody. Like, relax. And some people can see that and do that. But then when you get into the NFL – you can't do that sometimes. I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining this way. My pet peeve is this more than not. Like a little bit with the NFL quarterbacks where sometimes you hear me go like, well, I think if you put Aaron Rodgers on sure. the Patriots, 
they would have yeah. won more Super Bowls. Yeah. That's, you think if Aaron Rodgers is is uh, with the Bucks last year, they they win right. the Super Bowl. But yeah. like people get really mad when you say that at an NFL level. Yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is we do it every year in the draft. And yet people just go, well, yeah, okay, of course. Of course if you put Mahomes on Alabama, they'd be better. Yeah. Where, well, yeah, okay, so why can't you do that with the pros too? We do it all the time with projecting one guy in college and going, wait, let's not – like how did John Elway at 4-7 and seven end up as the first pick of the draft? Because everyone looked at him and went, wait, if, if that year we put him on Penn State over Todd Blackledge, who was also a top-10 pick, oh, they would have been better. That's right. Well, they would have. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know what I was saying there, but I'm saying something. So <laughs> I want to get to. You don't know what I was saying. Either. No, I do. I do. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you would take, you can take, take the player out of the environment, right? Take yeah. the player out of the environment, yes. contextualize. Right. People don't like to do that because they like to give quarterbacks wins. Right. Right. It's yeah. like, there's a quarterback win. Right. Um, and you can't do that as easily if you can just say, well, he would have won in that situation too. Messes everything up. Sports is black and white. Apparently. Winners and losers. There's Winners no gray. Um, I want to get a question to the Eagles. Okay. And I want to get a question um, on the Dolphins because they made that trade. But, Kristen, do you have that tweet that has all the quarterbacks from the past couple of years? There it is right there. All right. This one's from CJ East with two uh, T's at CJ Easterday if you want to follow him or her. Uh, what would your combined rankings of this year and last year's quarterback class be? And he ventured his guess here. Number one, Wilson. Two, Burrow. Three, Herbert. Four, Lawrence. Five, Mac Jones. Kellen Mond. Tua. Fields. Trey Lance. Jordan Love. Wow. That was his guess. Was he correct? CJ at CJ Easter Day. I like that too. That's, That's a, good a good name. name I like that. Uh, it, it, first off, th- this guy, CJ, he must be listening to the pod. Yes. Because uh, I agree with his list. I think so, right? I, uh, you know, I'll say this is where I'm a little different. All right. And again, I, I'm going to come off as a hater for saying this. Uh oh. I, I would put Fields and Lance in front of Tua. Wow. Okay, so yeah. I would have two at nine, and then I would have Fields at seven and Lance at eight. I would. Again, I, I know I'm not the biggest Tua guy in the world. I'm not. Um, so that would, you, that would probably be yeah, my difference you, I mean, there. Yeah. That would probably be my difference. It's a, it's a really close one because Tua is, you know, of course, is a little bit more pro-ready and all of those things. Right. But as, you know, I said last year and even just going into this year, and I know it's not fair to evaluate yeah. him as a pro a little bit, but – yeah, I worried about his ability to do special things on the pro field. Mm-hmm. And I still worry about that. You know, I, I, I need to see more to, to buy into that. Yep. So the Dolphin fans who have been oh, mad at you love already. Me. They love me so much. Are even more mad at you now. Oh, no. But maybe you'll make what them happy here. Now? We've got some Dolphins oh, questions. Let's yeah. go right to them. Okay. Uh, M. Smudge 1984. Yeah. Why do you think Miami traded back up to number six? Can you see them being able to get Jamar Chase at number six? Yeah. Uh, and it's who their first, uh, and it's who their first choice would have been anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's all about them positioning like themselves that. for the wide receiver. Okay, I do. I would be shocked if it's not for that. The team as a whole with the Miami Dolphins, they really have no glaring desperate need, maybe, other than just they need a playmaking receiver. Devontae Parker's real good, you know, but he does have an injury history. You know, Preston Williams popped up a little, I know, but then he got hurt last year too. 
You know, so I would think it's about a wide receiver in general. And as I said during my wide receiver rankings, I think it's really close between Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. Mm. You know, I would have a hard time thinking that the teams that need a receiver aren't looking at it that way to a degree, going, whoa, I mean, it's cool. they're, they're both studs. So I think if you're Miami, you get back, you know, they get back to number six, and now they're in a spot where I think they probably look at it like, okay, we know the top three are going quarterback. Atlanta at four, they have a lot of needs, right? Now, we think they might go Trey Lance quarterback or anything like that, but I think the one thing they probably look at and go, I doubt they're in the receiver market. They got Calvin Ridley. They right. got Julio Jones. I don't know if they're going to do that right now, right? You know, so now you look at the Bengals. How cool would that be? Though? Well, I mean, that would be something. <laughs> but then you look at the Bengals at five and go, yeah. okay, well, maybe they could take a receiver. They could. Maybe they want to go all in on just the, the arsenal with Joe Burrow and just dice you up that way. Mm-hmm. And now they look at it and go, okay, then we get the other receiver we don't want. Yep. But I would think it's all about the receiver and trying to give Tua somebody who's explosive out on the outside that can make some plays and take some pressure off that offense in general. Uh, and, yeah, I would think it's Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. I think it's really close between those two. As I said during – it's almost 1A, 1B. And I did not expect to say that. I, I thought there would be Jamar Chase as a clear-cut winner and – you know, I think when you talk about just the pure speed, Devontae Smith has that over him. And yeah. the route running footwork is out of this world special by Devontae Smith, too. Those are two areas where he has an advantage over Jamar just Chase. Just get a more physical specimen with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a little bit more of a physical specimen, right? Yeah. Strength, what he can do after the catch, some of that. You know, there's, there's – Yes, you're not going to have the frail issue. You know, yeah. the one thing that's going to come with Devontae Smith is if you draft him in the top 10 and he gets hurt next year, yeah. you're going to have to hear it. Yeah. So teams are going to definitely be thinking that a little bit about him when they draft Just him. Just feed him. Feed him, right? In the offseason, feed him food. And then during the season, feed him the ball. As I said, though, there's nothing that leads you to think that it's going to be a problem. Yeah. It'd be one thing, again, if we saw that and then I went on the field and the film and went, there's issues here. He played physical. He's the, physical. Field, you yeah. can't get a hand on him at times because he's so quick at the line. Of and scrimmage. even the strongest guys in the NFL, it's a pretty rough business, I've noticed, to get hurt. So it's like yes. it's all, everyone's, no, everyone's an injury risk, you know, no matter how big you are. 100%. Sometimes the bigger you are, like Kelvin Johnson for the Lions, you know, it's like sometimes the big bodies have they wear out. issues as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, okay, so the Eagles were number six. They yep. went down to 12. Uh, there was a little hubbub there. What was it? Ian Rappaport tweeted that they were high on Zach Wilson, uh, but if they couldn't get him, they were willing to trade down. And then he had to tweet again saying, like, no, 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 they're really happy with Jalen Hurts, which makes me think that someone in that front office was like, hey, you're messing things up in our quarterback room if you're yeah. saying we're high on a quarterback. Right. Uh, Steve Zolman Dove says, love your stuff, Chris. Thank That's you. That's always good. We always like that. Thank you. It's like that'll yes. get your question asked. Uh, it's pretty impossible to figure out what Howie Roseman will do, but who do you like at 12 for the Eagles? And he goes, Micah Parsons, question mark, a linebacker from Penn State. We have not done linebackers yet. Nope, we have not yet. We will at some point. Um, but what would you think the Eagles are thinking? What are their biggest needs? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing with the Eagles more than anything, like linebacker, I haven't got to linebackers yet either. So I, haven't, I don't have a good feel for that. Now, they're a team that's – you know, you really look at them and go, other than Fletcher Cox and their two tackles, 
you know, you can look at everything else and go, kind of needs an upgrade. Everything. So they're a little bit in the we could take the best player available type of situation. Mm-hmm. Also within that, too, the trade down was great for them because, of course, they, they're more than one player away or anything like that. They need, they need picks. They're in, a, they're in a rebuild mode. So linebacker certainly makes sense. And I'm excited to watch this kid from Penn State. I really am. You know, I would think pass rusher could also be in the conversation there at 12. I, I've, I've watched, I mean, the pass rushers. I, I think there's a few guys that are, you know, in that conversation. Okay. Wide receiver, there, of course, there's a need there for the football team. I think that takes That's them out true. of the Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase conversation, whether they got into the Waddle or Diami Brown. Like, I like conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, either way, I think it's I think it was a right move for them because of the amount of holes they needed they needed filled. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I don't know if there's one player I could sit here and point at specifically to tell to tell our, our question right now. But I think more than not, it's just more about big picture. Not one guy's gonna fix the team. Let's get picks and You know, there should be somebody really good that's going to help their team out at number 12. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So we have a few that are just kind of uh, miscellaneous here. So yeah. we'll end with that. All right. About five of them here. Right. Uh, and since you were talking about wide receivers, uh, and you've done your wide receiver ranking, yep. Deami Brown was a guy that jumped off the, the video to you. Yeah. You're higher on than, than most people, right. at least publicly right yeah. now. Right. Um, Colts Talk says, what's your reaction to Deami Brown running a 4 4 6 4 5 at his pro day, yeah. should we adjust it to a four-five-six, four-six, like you were saying with the other prospects? Yeah. Uh, how could you think he's faster than Jalen Waddle, who's a high four-two, low four-three guy? So he started. He started good. He got a little adversarial there yeah. at the end. Colts talk. Yeah. No. I, listen. I mean, we'll see what Jalen Waddle runs at his forty today. I mean, yeah. certainly. But yeah, I was surprised by that time. There's no doubt. I did not think it would be that type of speed. Now, you know. What's different as compared to, like, other guys you talk – like, again, the film doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I go back and, yeah, I don't like that it's – it is an adjusted 4-5 type of speed when you talk about taking a tenth off at your pro day. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's not a laser. But, man, the film is 
like I said, and, and I wrote down it, high four threes, four four. There's nobody that can run by, run with them. So that's where you're going to have to take that into account as an evaluator. Which one are you going to favor? I don't know. Let me see this guy in person. Maybe he's just not the best at getting out of a three-point stands. I don't, sure. I don't know. You know, maybe there's other factors into that. There, so, were, there were other numbers, and I forget who tweeted it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it was like hand size was kind of impressive. He put like the eyes emoji. Right. Which meant like, oh, this is good. It was like the hand size, uh, three-cone drill, and something else. It was I like will be shocked if he deal. does not go in the first round, okay? I, I will be shocked by everything we saw. I, mean, I, didn't, I don't even know all his numbers from the pro day and all those type of yeah. things. Now, you know, what, what, what our guy asking there, listen, I, I could be wrong. I, I understand that. Don't get all mad at me about the Jalen Waddle thing. I get it. Jaylen, I like Jalen Waddle a lot. I just I favor guys who can play outside a little bit more. But, you know, yes, if Waddle goes out there and runs – 4-2 at his pro day, yeah. and it's an adjusted 4-3, like I say, yeah, it'll, it'll make me think a little differently. There's no doubt that it's going to make me think a little uh, bit differently. There, I don't know. There's almost a curse with those guys, that, the receivers that run too fast. Yeah. I feel like the, the top names of the fastest 40 times are, are guys usually that not just didn't great. pan out. No, yeah, it was... no. I, I, I would have a hard time thinking he's going to run that type of time. Yeah. You know, I know there's been some people on social media that showed me, like one guy showed me a, a video of him and Henry Ruggs being neck and neck in a 40-yard race, yeah. all those type of things. Either way, with Jalen Waddell, I, I, him being on the outside running go routes is not going to be why a team drafts him. It's going to be the fact that he is an unreal route runner. He's explosive and as quick as hell in and out of cuts and everything like that, let alone – he has some of the outside value. But he is a smaller guy that way, too. Um, I really like Jalen Waddell, yeah. But, it, but that will change it. Might change my thought a little bit. There's no doubt. We got another question from our guy, uh, CJ Easterday. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the wide receiver Amon Ra yeah. St. Brown right. from USC? I don't think we mentioned him at all in our no. wide receivers one. No. He is the brother of Equinemius yeah. St. Brown. And his other brother is – you, You're going to choke. Osiris. What? Osiris. Yeah, you oh, choked. Oh, did you know? Yeah, well, no, you choked. I just knew you weren't going to remember. <laughs> Pete's always there for me. I don't, I just, I rely on him. Uh, what do you think of him? Amon Ra. Like, I know we don't have enough time in these podcasts to bring up these guys, but he'd be one of those guys, again, where I'd go, you know, I talked about it a little bit to go, and maybe not 27 guys in the first three rounds or yeah. whatever, like last year. There are 30 top 10 wide receivers right, in this right. draft class. Now, you've heard my elite guys yeah. as far as the receiver position, but this is a guy that's in the next group down, okay? You know, somewhere, if you want to say 7 through 12 on the receiver list. Mm -hmm. you know, but, but really, I think the big thing with him is – Almost reminds me a little bit of the guy that got drafted out of Vance Jefferson, who I think the Rams took, what, in the second round a little bit? Was it the second round, late second last year, Pete, just to double check? But so. I'm pretty sure right around there. That's, to me, the kind of guy, you know, Amon Ra is. It's a, it's, you know, good speed, but not special. It's 4-5-ish speed. Yep, second you know, round, that way. 57 overall. 57 overall. That's where, that's where I think – but, but the route running – and things he can do there, yeah. that's where I look at it going, ooh, he could be special that way. And to me, that's what he is. He's a 6'1 slot type receiver who's got a little value on the outside, but more I think his game is going to be about 
hey, we want you to, you know, run the five yard out, put your foot in the ground and then come back inside. We want you to run the slant route, stop, break back outside. We'll hit you that. It's going to be those type of routes and things that he does. I think that is going to be his game in the NFL. I, I like him uh, a lot. I just wanted to get to his page here just right. to make sure. Get to your page right. so I can move on to the next player. You yeah. just missed it. I just um, missed it? No. Oh. Is there anything? Uh, that's no, that's I think, good. That's probably what you – Yeah, I think I uh, – yeah, I just, you know, doesn't play big was the one thing I wrote, and you're yeah. not going to get a whole lot after the catch from him. That, okay. that, that was my big thing. And I wrote, he'll be better than the NFL – than in college, and he's a bigger Jamison Crowder type of guy is what I said more than anything. And I ended up writing third rounder. Okay. So, yeah, I think he's anywhere from late second to late third uh, he could go. But could be useful. I think he's made, more made for the NFL game than he is college hmm. because there is the true slot role with the with NFL teams that's not always there in the college, college game. So two on the guys who are going to try to cover some of these wide receivers you just talked about. Yeah. Caleb Farley ahead is the number one corner. You loved him. Love him. You would have had Love him it. one last year. Yeah. Well over Jeff Akuda, who you weren't actually that high on last right. year. Right. Who my Lions took third overall. Yeah. Which Good. is why it's been miserable. Um, <laughs> betting Prince said Caleb Farley yeah. ran a 4-2-8, and it did appear to be laser. Do you think, barring injury, we could look back and say he is a 6-2 Revis when his career is over. I, I don't doubt it. I, I, I mean, I, I got to see this video of, of him running the 40 and all that. The film shows him running low 4-3. I, like I said in the breakdown last week, I have not seen a corner that big run the way he runs in all areas. Looseness of the hips, ability to accelerate, six gear once he's opening up. I, again, I said it really from those from pure corner movements and things like that, and size. It was better than Jalen Ramsey coming out. Right. I mean, and I, I anybody who listens to me knows I love Jalen Ramsey. I got a man crush on him. So I, I love Caleb Farley. I do think he has a chance to be one of those special island type corners. You know, who are the island corners of our generation? Right. I mean, Revis right now. You know, I'll throw a Keeb Talib out there. Mm. You know, Patrick P, of course, in that. He's got a chance to be every bit as good as one of those guys, if not better, because he's bigger than them. Your safety and cornerback rankings are interesting because they are divergent, I think, right. from a lot of the consensus ones out there. And our last question, we're giving it to Glory. And way before you ask that, Caleb, Caleb Farley, too, he had the back surgery. That, that stinks. That bothers me a little, too. When did he have that? He's a, it's his second back surgery. So that's a problem. And yeah. it's, it's, this is one after not playing football this year. Yeah. So that, to me, I do wonder where that affects him. Like, I still think he's going on the first round and anything like that for sure. But that could be the type of thing that knocks him out of the top five or something like that. So Glory Sorry. Sports said you did not mention quarter, or cornerback Greg Newsom yeah. from Northwestern. Right. And he also said you did not mention wide receiver Elijah Moore from okay. Ole Miss. So okay. you got like multiple notebooks right here. Guys you're on my to, case, huh? You're gonna, yeah, he's going through all the players that you snubbed yeah. in your rankings here. Right. Uh, and he said they have both been mocked in round one a lot lately. So two guys you did not have in your top <laughs> five positionally. Greg Newsom, yeah, and Elijah Moore. Well, I can what tell, do you have to say for yourself? Well, I could tell this, uh, you know, they're not going in round one. I don't care. Either one. No. And either whatever mock you're listening to or whatever, they, they've mocked it wrong, okay? Okay. Um, I, Elijah Moore, just to hit on him, I do like Elijah Moore. 
There's no doubt. He's a slot receiver. He's 5'9", 185 pounds. He's not – has no elite trait about him, though, to go, oh, you're a first-round pick or anything like that. No. Again, this is a guy I think that you see late second, maybe third-round type of wide receiver who can have a real niche on offense, you know, in the NFL. But, you know, okay, not, you know, not great size like we talked about. The speed isn't like, oh, my gosh – wowing like a waddle who played a similar position to him right right it's it i wrote it's four five ish type speed he's tough as hell he's you know a true football player all right um but he's a true slot guy and he's not a real route runner at this point there was no route running on his film i think that's what scared me a little bit too so smaller not blazing fast and then you know a lot of just even when he ran a five-yard hour, I just kind of rounded it out and ran to an area mm-hmm. or ran to that area, run to this area. And that's where I think, you know, at the end of the day, I look at it and just go, hey, I like this kid. I'm impressed with him. Um, and I think he has a legit place in the NFL. But I just don't think it's a first-round or top 45 talent in the NFL draft okay. as far as that's concerned. End of the first round for Greg Newsom. you're also saying no. No way. Absolutely not. Cornerback from Northwestern. You know, I know, you know, again, with corners, everybody's got to get over, the, like, the production aspect. You know, everybody just looks at, well, you got interceptions, so he must be awesome, right? Not, not necessarily. I mean, Sometimes it means that the other team thought they could pick on it. Well, you. it means they could pick on it. It can yeah. mean balls got tipped and you just were fortunate. Sure. You know, of course, hey, listen, you could be a good zone and just playing zone corner and doing all that type of stuff. And that's where, like, Newsom to me is, is that kind of player. You know, he is primarily a zone corner. And then again, like I'll say, pr- primarily zone corner in college is not going to get you drafted high in the NFL. They need to see that, wait, it's a big down and we need you to lock somebody down, not like, oh, wow, you can drop into a third and just like everybody else on the planet. They don't, that's not where he's going to get drafted in the first round. You know, so technique, like hips, all of those were really good, all right? But there's just no high-end like physical ability to jump onto. I mean, again, even the acceleration, you know, top end speed, none of that is to the level of the top corners in the draft. And that's where I look at Newsom, and I think really he's probably more of a third to fourth round type of pick. Good ball skills, you know, pretty good size, but like burst, Ability to accelerate out of the break is nothing special, and he's slow kind of in and out of transition transition that way too. So that's where I think it's more of this is a guy that's like a well-schooled, technique-oriented, knows what he's supposed to do, has a good feel for the game and instincts, but not the type of elite traits that end up going in the first round of the top 50 picks. I'd be shocked if he was in the first two rounds. I think he's a third or fourth rounder. You've done your top five for corners. You've done your top six for safeties, right? Yeah. And then you did your top five for wide receivers, top five for quarterbacks. Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday? Pass rushers. Edge guys. Edge guys with yeah. Paul. Some How many you got? Ones. Top five? I'm going to go five, I think. But, you know, here's the thing with the, the edge rushers. You know, I, I, there, there's some good ones. I get down to that four or five range. I, I mean, there's seven or eight guys where I go, they could be in the end of my top five. Mm-hmm. I think the top three I'm pretty clear with. I think that'll be like, there's no doubt. Okay. But four or five, 
There's some jostling there, and uh, I kind of got to figure that out in my brain here the next few days. We're going to have to go back after you're done with all your rankings yeah. and make sure that we do not have 40 to 45 first-rounders. We got to just make sure, you know, we'll just go back and yeah. check. No. Because you've been impressed with the quarterbacks, obviously. Uh-huh. You've been impressed with the wide receivers, too, and the corners, and so we just got to make sure. Uh, no. You know, we can't expand the first round past 50 picks. My, my notes, well, it, it, you know, I, I have these conversations with people every year where we laugh because we go – He's somewhere between 20 and 45, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. sometimes that's when you know the draft is really good, though. Yeah. When you start to go, there's a lot of 20 to 40. There's 40 20 to 45 guys. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that, that's what will be interesting. And I have a, that's what I think this draft is a little bit so far. Just that's what's hit me. You know, there's maybe not the high-end superstar talent, but a lot of guys where I go, okay, this guy's the stud at his position. He's the number one pick. Number two's awesome. All right, number three is good. Mm-hmm. And number four is just right there with number three. And oh, number five is right there with number three. And oh, and number six is that's where I find this draft to be kind of intriguing. It's so going to be fasc- fascinating because yeah. you have evaluating tape from 2019. Oh, it's a weird 2020. Me. Right. It's killing know, me. Reports of 40 times at the school. That's killing it's me. It's going to be all I know. weird. It is. It's a big clusterfuck. Welcome to the 2021 <laughs> NFL draft. And that one final beep there Boom. for Chris. Right at the end there. I hope that doesn't make things too difficult. We did it. We did it. That that was a lot of heavy lifting for you, but I think you answered the concerns from the homies. I hope so. I hope so. I hope I wasn't too uh, mean in any of my answers either or disrespectful. I don't mean to. Sometimes you just trigger me with these questions because they hit like pet peeves or they're the questions I hear everybody on TV saying and I go, oh, this is my chance to prove this wrong. So it's not personal against any of you homies asking the questions. Except for Trey Wingo, it was personal. Trey, Trey, sorry, Trey, I was coming at you uh, in a fun way. Yeah. And Trey, you could come at me too. All right, be good. Everybody be good. Amen. Thanks for driving driving the ship. You the man. Clap Clap it it up. up. See you Thursday, baby. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.